My spider senses are starting to tingle. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. If you could have another sense beyond the normal five, what would you want? X-ray vision, echolocation. Would you want to smell what a dog can smell? See what a snake can see? Hear what a bat can hear? You don't act blind. You knew I had no furniture, how? Confidence. And also I've mastered the art of echolocation. How easy is it to hack the brain and add novel senses? It's just a matter of a new way of getting data in there. Our guest is neuroscientist David Eagleman, author of The Brain, The Story of You. We can build senses because it's all about just what the peripheral detectors are. And I think we're going to really get to see what it is when people are having a direct perceptual experience of other things. Spider sense tingling. Hacking the brain beyond the five senses. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Neath a starry sky Nice work if you can get it And you can get it if you try Are humans limited to the senses we're born with? Or is it possible to hack the brain and create new senses? Even if we could, would we want more senses than we already have? This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the Marsh Theater in San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford University campus, where Ken teaches philosophy, and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Welcome, everyone, to Philosophy Talk. <laughs> Today, we're hacking the brain. We're thinking about the possibility of perception beyond the ordinary five senses. Hacking the brain? Ken, that, that sounds a little scary. No, no, Josh. Come on. It's not scary at all. It's really exciting. I mean, imagine being able to add novel human senses at will. You know, like we could have the ability to perceive magnetic fields like, like birds already do. I mean, come on. Wouldn't that be... Like, awesomely mind-blowing? Come on. Maybe. But what are we actually talking about here? Are you talking about something like, you know, putting on night vision goggles, or is it more like a, a brain implant? Brain implants. No, Josh, that's so science fiction. I'm talking about, actually, think of something really simple, really simple, the most simple technology imaginable for helping someone with impaired senses, like canes that blind people use to see. Wait, 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 wait. hang on. That blind people don't use canes to see. I mean, it hel the cane helps them to navigate, but they're not actually seeing something. Oh, okay, okay. They don't see with the cane. But the cane is actually a lot more than a, a navigation tool. It's, it, you know, the phenomenologist Merleau-Ponty says about the cane. It gets incorporated into the blind person's body. I mean, come on. It's an extension of her hand. So maybe she can't see the ground with her cane, but you know what? She can literally feel the ground with something as simple as a cane. Literally? Oh, don't, don't get hung on a word. Come on, the point is, the blind person's brain ha has been, in a sense, hacked. <laughs> without any brain implant, without any tinkering with her sensory apparatus, all we needed to do was give her a simple cane. 
Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's fantastic that it works like that, but how does it count as hacking the brain? Oh, okay, come on, think about it. What does the brain do with the cane? It takes in information from the cane. And then what does it do with that information? It integrates it seamlessly into our experience, so seamlessly that the cane now starts to feel like a part of the body, like a part of the perceptual system. And that's really cool, and that's all it takes to hack the brain. Yeah, okay, look, if, if that's all you mean by hacking the brain, then... All right, it's not scary, but I mean, is it that exciting? I don't know. I'm not going to accuse you of reinventing the wheel, but aren't you reinventing the stick? You're a literary guy, right? Uh-huh. Use your imagination. Look, if something as simple as, technologically simple as a cane can be a way into the brain, imagine what new and exciting things we could do to hack the brain with sophisticated modern technology. I mean, did you know this? I mean, there are these smart vests. That not only do they allow blind people to see, but they also allow deaf people to hear, and they do it using vibrations in the skin. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, but you're playing fast and loose with language again, Ken. I mean, look, a, a blind person with a cane can't actually see anything, and a, a blind person with a vest couldn't see anything either. No, 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 look, you, you're just missing the point. I mean, first of all, the, I don't agree, I can't see with the cane, but I can feel with the cane, but still, the vest and the cane are really different, and it's important, Jess, because think, think of what the vest does. The vest takes in lots of visual information from the environment. It translates that visual information into vibrations. It translates those vibrations, are translated to the brain. The brain does all these complicated trans, uh, computation and structures a complex picture of the environment, and lo and behold, you're seeing. So wait, okay, you're saying that the vest is like a whole new sensory organ. That's it, Josh, you got it. And it's not just about enhancing senses we already have. Just imagine the possibilities. Well, all right. I mean, I've got to admit, Ken, between you and me, ever since I read Thomas Nagel, I kind of have had a hankering to know what it's like to be a bat. So um, can yeah, I have okay. some echolocation? Yeah, we can do that. And maybe a little x-ray vision like yeah. Professor Xavier? Yeah, why not, Josh? Right. Now you're getting it. And you know what? These new developments are going to change our very sense of what it means to be a human being. So we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, to find out how new sensory technologies can make us think about who we are in whole new ways. She files this report. When I first interview Kristen Neidlinger, she tells me how I'm feeling. She says, it looks like you're mooding. You're pretty aesthetic, like, <laughs> pretty blissful. <laughs> I'm wearing a device she invented called a mood sweater. It's actually more like a soft scarf. The device translates the electrical properties on my skin into colors. We have blue, which is like focused. Red is nervous in love. And then a warm white, which is ecstatic. When I tried on this mood sweater, I was nervous about what Kristen might see. I'm pretty sure I have some kind of deep-rooted anger. Maybe I'm even a little vengeful, but I don't want her to know that. Kristen is pushing beyond our human abilities and human instincts to communicate our feelings. I think there's so much power in being vulnerable. It's so healthy because you can't bottle everything in. This mood sweater is not the only technology designed to push the limits of human senses. I start to think we were truly beginning to make ourselves into cyborgs by putting all of this technology onto our bodies. Kara Platoni wrote a book titled We Have the Technology about transhumanists, biohackers, perfumers, picklers, and others trying to do just that. It was almost a way to make ourselves superhuman and to kind of bypass the limits of slow, boring, clunky evolution by engineering ourselves better bodies. 
At one point, she even turned into a cow. That is, she put on a virtual reality device that made her believe she was a cow. Even though I had only been a cow in this virtual world for maybe 10 minutes, I really identified with this cow. So there she was, a cow roaming in a happy meadow, when all of a sudden she heard a voice. We want you to turn around and go back to where you're st you started because you're being sent to the slaughterhouse. And at that very moment, the ground started to shake and there was the sound of a truck backing up. And it was incredibly scary. The idea is that if you spend some time being a cow, you might empathize more with animals. Like the mood sweater, virtual reality experiments like that one are meant to hack our perception of who we are. But there are also people studying what happens when our sense of self comes apart. Normally, if I were to ask you, do you exist? you would consider that a pretty silly question. I mean, of course you exist, and that's something we take for granted. Anil Anantaswamy is the author of The Man Who Wasn't There. He spoke with people who suffer from Cotard syndrome and who are convinced they no longer exist. Someone who is suffering from Cotards, unfortunately, will have this perception of being dead or not existing, and it's very, very hard for someone who's not in that state to even understand what that means. People with Cotard syndrome can't rationalize themselves out of this new reality. It's a cruel and rare illness, but it's also a reminder that our sense of self is vulnerable. If everything is working okay, then that's fine, but then these things can come apart. We are all kind of sitting on a knife edge in terms of feeling whole and complete. It's a scary idea, and a lot of hackers and scientists are already frustrated by the limits of human perception. We can expand our sense of who we are by, for instance, putting on a mood sweater or wearing a virtual reality headset. But it's also possible to lose our sense of reality completely. And no matter how hard we try, turning into a cow won't bring it back. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.